What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's Sanderson Farms Championship. We'll do like we do every single week. We'll go through some outright bets. We'll look at some head-to-heads. We'll give an update on the run-good one-and-done standings and then talk about some options for you to deploy in your one and done this week. A couple of housekeeping items off the top. There is a Sanderson Farms live chat on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. You can go there right now. You can drop your questions in and we'll spend an hour or so going through all the updates, all the questions. That'll again happen on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Additionally, since this is the betting preview, I've partnered with William Hill to offer you a $500 free bet. That is one of the best promotions I've seen out of William Hill thus far. Uh, Right now, it only applies if you are in New Jersey. You do not have to use it to bet on golf. You can use it to bet on anything that you'd like. Just use the promo code RICK500 when you sign up or go to rickrungood.com slash willhill for more information. Okay, let's jump into this week's betting and one and done preview for the Sanderson Farms. All right, here is the tournament predictor tool on rickrungood.com, which will be getting a bit of a facelift here in the near future. You know, instead of comparing, I I guess I shouldn't say that. So right now what it does is uh, it looks at the the odds makers. It looks at the odds, the implied odds for each golfer to win, finish top five, top 10, top 20. Uh, and then it looks at the at their history, their strokes gain numbers, and determines how likely they are to get to those potential winning scores or the score for it to be a top five, a top 10, or a top 20. The problem is that it doesn't really take into account strength of field. So some of these weaker field events, you know, the 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 model doesn't really find any values or it doesn't find any glaring values that might you might want to actually pull the trigger on. So what I've been working on behind the scenes is to kind of take into account the strength of field because right now I'm looking at this and I see, you know, two guys in the top 25 or so that would have a positive expected value. Those two are Ben on and Lucas Glover because their ceilings are high enough to potentially get to the winning score, what we would expect it to be for the Sanderson farms. Uh, Now the problem is it doesn't really take into account that someone has to win this golf tournament. Right. Um, And maybe that's good. Maybe it's a bit ahead of the game because, you know, betting outrights, uh, you know, if you add up all the implied odds for golfing outrights, it's not like they're going to equal 100. That's that's where, you know, uh, odds makers, that's where Las Vegas, that's where they get their edge. So it, this tool does kind of look at it from that perspective, uh, but it's also with the assumption that there might not be weeks that you bet outrights, which I know, myself included, like we're betting somebody every single week. So it, it, I'm kind of trying to walk the line between the two tools here. <clears throat> So I've got a couple of ideas for the future uh, of how we can work this out. But let's talk through the the farms for this week. Scotty Scheffler, uh, 11 or 12 to 1, depending on where you are getting him. The withdrawal of um, Louis Oosthuizen, I, I didn't see too much movement. Maybe, maybe Zach Johnson went from 28 to 25. Maybe Scotty Scheffler went from 12 to 11 in your... Uh, in your book of choice, but it held pretty strong with the the WD from Louie, depending on what book you are looking at. Now, 
Would I be willing to bet Scotty Scheffler? Let's let's be real here. This is uh, the shortest he's ever been. In fact, I'll pull up his game logs really quick here uh, because I have uh, a few years worth of data for odds and DraftKings uh, salaries, for example. And you can see the shortest odds that Scotty Scheffler has ever been. Uh, This event last year, the 2019 Sanderson Farms, he was 25 to 1. The 2019 Houston Open, which I guess maybe was two years ago. Um, No, that was last year. Sorry. That was last year. 25 to 1. That's the shortest he's ever been. Now he's 11 to 1. I have a lot of questions, of course. I mean, we don't know what he's been doing in the last three and a half weeks since he tested positive for COVID. I assume there was a quarantine period. I assume he uh, did not swing a golf club for at least a week or two. I I don't know the answer to that, but that's a concern for me. Uh, You know, what has he been doing? He was on a great run. He was playing well. He had top four finishes at what BMW at the PGA. He finished second in the raw scoring version of the tour championship. So there's no doubt he's been playing well. I just don't think I want to bet it at this number with a lot of the unknowns that are going out there. I mean, we've got guys who've been playing who have been playing period and have been playing much, you know, who have been playing just as well as Scotty has uh, in the last couple of weeks. And I think I lean on them at longer odds. As much as I love Sung Jay, as much as I love Will Zalatoris, um, I don't think that's where I'm starting my cards. I will say this, though. I did put in a top 10 on Will Zalatoris because this is a really um, rare situation, and that number's down to 250, so 2.5 to 1. I got it at 3 to 1. There is uh, there, there are very few situations in which your top 5, top 10, top 20 bets are aligning with the motives of the golfer that you are trying to play that week. Uh, For example, you know, Will Zalatoris, who is trying to get his temporary uh, membership status on the PGA Tour, right? He has to earn enough points. He has to earn enough money. And um, the way that he, he only has so many starts, right? So he has seven sponsors exemptions. And then if he finishes in the top 10 one week, he gets to play the next week. Well, that's what happened at the U.S. Open. He finishes in the top 10. He gets into the Sanderson Farm, or he gets into the uh, Corrales Punta Cana. Then he finishes top 10 there, gets him into Sanderson Farm. So he doesn't have to use those sponsors' exemptions. So it's really important for him to finish in the top 10. Uh, and I think it's rare when your motives as a as a better align with the motives of the golfer that you are betting on. So because it's so rare, I took the opportunity to bet on Will Zalatoris at 10 to one, but I'm probably starting my betting card at Sam Burns, 28 to one, which is a really good number for a guy who's offering an incredibly rare situation right now. So I'm jumping over to the Holy Grail here. This is a tool that I love on the strokes gain database on rickrungood.com. And I've got the field loaded in. And what I've said is uh, give me everyone since the restart. So Jan- uh, June 1st, I think the first tournament was actually the eighth or something like that. But uh, June 1st, after the restart. And anybody with a sample size, here's what you see. Sam Burns um, 
not only is gaining the most strokes per round in this field of anybody with more than 15 rounds, he's also one of the only two guys in this field, him and Cam Davis, to be gaining a stroke per round and be gaining in all four strokes gain categories. So look at this. He's, he's positive off the tee. He's positive on approach. He's positive around the greens and he's positive putting. What that says to me is he's not only playing well, but he's playing an all-around consistent game right now. So not only do I love him for outrights, I love him for matchups. Uh, we'll talk about matchups in a second. I see one that he's in right now, but like I'd almost take Sam Burns against most golfers in matchups here because of uh, not only that excellent play, but the fact that he's doing it all around. He's not relying on one facet. There's not one part of his game that's going to derail him. There's not one part of his game that's going to that he's going to have to rely on to boost him, uh, which I love. I think that's a really high floor, but also a pretty high ceiling. We've seen his name in contention a couple times over the course of his last handful of starts. Uh, he finished third here two years ago, so uh, Country Club of Jackson should be a place that he finds plenty of success. He's three for three and cuts made here. Uh, when you put all of that together, you look at the number, you say, wow, that I can get all of that. At 28-1, to 1, I'm really interested. So uh, Sam Burns looking for his first PGA Tour crown. I think this might be the week to get it. Uh, and if not, I mean, it's, a, it's such a great number, and I love a lot of matchups with it. I did make a case on Monday's video, on the DFS video, for Sebastian Munoz. He's also 28-1. to 1. I, I, I can get there. Um, you know... I think that Munoz has been playing much better than we might even want to give him credit for. Um, let me pull up his numbers here really quickly. You know, his lead in form uh, from when he won this event last year, I, I would actually argue it's much better this time around. And uh, his his top, you know, 15, top 20 finishes have been in much better tournaments than it was last time around at Sanderson Farms. I mean, he played well at the Northern Trust, top 20 there. And then back-to-back top 10s at the BMW and the Tour Championship. Now, the Tour Championship obviously had the staggered start, but I think he actually outpaced. uh, I think he did even better than 8th when it came to the raw scoring portion of this because he started, I want to say he started like 20th at that event with the staggered start. So uh, Munoz has been playing really well, obviously a place that fits him. But when I look at this and say, I I probably can only bet one of these guys at 28 to one, either Sam Burns or Sebastian Munoz. I gave the nod to Sam Burns. Then uh, when the numbers first came out, uh, some places had Doc Redman at like 45 to one. Uh, I see him at 35 to one. I see him at 33 to one. Um, let me check one more place. Let me see what, let me see what Will Hill has. Will Hill has him at 33. Okay. So that's kind of where he's, he's hovering right now. So I I got him quickly at 45. I, I, I love it. Right. I mean, the, the, the two top three finishes in his last, uh, three starts, the fact that he's a great ball striker. Um, I think, I think maybe this number is, drifted a bit because we didn't see him play at the U.S. Open. We didn't see him play in Corrales. We haven't seen him play since Safeway uh, where he did notch one of those top three finishes or one of those uh, third place finishes. That that to me is, uh, you know, he's such a guy. I talk about him all the time. The game's maturing. He's knocking at the door. He's going to win soon. Uh, so that's kind of where I, I focus my card. You could, you could excite me about a Cameron Davis who, again, is a similar knocking at the door type player, uh, you know, was in contention 
on Saturday or Sunday at the Wyndham kind of fell apart a little bit, but it's it's building that scar tissue and the fact that he's the other golfer with Sam Burns that since the restart has gained one stroke per round and he's done it in all four categories. That's really exciting stuff. And, and that's kind of where I focus the vast majority of my betting card. Uh, I, I kind of I like to keep a tight card. I like same same as like when I'm building my lineups. I like to keep it tight. But then the last guy, and he got steam immediately when the salaries dropped. Immediately when the odds came out, um, Davis Riley. Davis Riley was a, was part of the the DFS preview. Uh, I think I put him in the sleeper video. I mean, he's just we just we have to keep talking about it. Um, and, and rarely, I think, I think what I want to illustrate is rarely do I ever even talk about guys this deep. Um, and I think it's warranted, like it's, it's, it's usually not warranted for me to talk about a guy who is 200 to one right now. He's 130 to one on draft Kings. He is 125 on Will Hill. He opened up at 225 at some places. Um, his number was all over the place. I know, I know it's been bet down. But so here's the thing when you're so the fact that I'm even talking about a guy this deep, I think is noteworthy. Uh, what's also noteworthy is when you're betting outrights, you need guys that can actually win the golf tournament. Um, it doesn't matter what field it's in. Can they beat the 143 other golfers in the field and raise the trophy? Well, Davis Riley's done that twice already this year on the corn ferry, which as you know, I think the line has never been more blurred between the corn ferry tour and the PGA tour. Uh, then you get the fact that he's played here. One of his few PGA tour events has been the Sanderson farms. He finished T 39 last year. And it makes sense because he's a Mississippi kid. He's from Hattiesburg. He's in Jackson this week. I mean, I feel like I don't know if he's going to win the golf tournament, okay? I mean, I think it would be pretty incredible if he did. It would change the trajectory of his career. It would get him his exemptions uh, on the PGA probably a full year earlier. Like, it, it would be a big deal for him. But when you're talking about 200 to 1 to win, or even what he's at now, 125, 130, um, you're talking about a top 5 number, 33 to 1. A top 10 number, at 14 to 1. That's still longer than Scotty Scheffler to win this golf tournament or Sung Jae Im to win this golf tournament. What's his top 20 number? Davis Riley, top 20, 7 to 1. I, I mean, you don't get odds like that on a top 20 for a guy that I think has pretty significant upside here. So interesting to see how that ends up pair, uh, uh, panning out. But I, I think he's a name we certainly have to talk about. All right, let's jump over to the head-to-head matchups tool. And what you'll notice about this is uh, because this tool relies on the strokes gain data, there was no update from last week. Uh, So if you're using a very short period of time, not having the Corrales data because it didn't exist, not just because I don't want to show it to you, uh, will impact some of these calculations. Now, I use a bit of a longer time frame. I like to do, you know, maybe since the start of twenty of twenty twenty. But like, if you change this to be the restart or anything closer than that, and it gets really, really volatile, um, it's going to become even more volatile for the golfers who played last week uh, because we don't have that data. So let's look at some of the matchups that we have. And uh, I I do have this Sam Burns one here. So I I mentioned I like Sam Burns in a lot of matchups just off the gut, off the statistical profile. Let's actually look at Sam Burns versus 
uh, Corey Connors, because that's the one that I'm seeing on online right now. And Corey Connors has missed four of his last six cuts. Yeah, wow. This actually still gives the nod to Sam Burns, uh, even though uh, he's still not getting credit for that that play he had last week at Punta Cana, where he finished what T, what was he last week? Thirteen. Um, doesn't get credit for that in the in the head to head model, but still, I have him beating Corey Connors fifty six percent of the time. I have his projected money line or what his true money line should be around minus 130. I see him at minus 118 right now. So I actually think his win probability might be better than 56%. I think this is a bet for me and my gut tells me that I should be trying to get as many Sam Burns matchups as possible, um, which I think I will do as well. Let's do... um, I was going to do Scotty Scheffler versus Sungjae, but I feel like that's a situation where the model, it's going to be tough for the model with, you know, without uh, Scotty playing the last couple of weeks, the outside circumstances that we have going on with his positive test. Um, I'm not sure that's a, that's a great one to actually model. Let's do Brian Stewart versus Luke List because Luke List is catching some steam the last couple of weeks playing well. See what we got here. All right, I have Luke List winning this matchup 52% of the time, which puts his uh, money line at about minus 108. DraftKings has him at minus 134. Uh, So I don't have him being that big of a favorite. So Brian Stewart at plus 100, uh, still probably not something I'd want to bet. But if if you force me to, if you require me to pick one of these two, I think it would be the Brian Stewart side. This is closer than... I think uh, the odds makers are indicating. And then let's do one more. Let's see if we can do... Let me see here. Munoz versus Benny On, who by the... I mean, Benny On, I, I like just as kind of like a... Um, kind of like a sleepy little pivot uh, in GPPs. Uh, but I do like Munoz as well. And it's very close. It's very close. Uh, Munoz is minus 118. Uh, on on DraftKings, uh, Benny on is minus 112. I have it pretty similar to I have I have Munoz winning this 51.7% of the time, minus 107. Probably not going to get a bet from me. So I'll try to load up on Sam Burns and then see uh, kind of what else comes down the pike here. Um, I can run a bunch of these through the model later. Uh, let's talk one and done. Let's give an update on the uh, the run good one and done which you can find the standings on rickrungood.com slash OAD. Sweet Dank still holds his lead. Uh, He had Bryson at the U.S. Open. I believe Logan Dempsey also had Bryson at the U.S. Open. They hold on to their lead, uh, 2.3 and 2.2 million respectively. Pretty big gap between uh, the third place guys, but we're only three tournaments in. So there there was no... um, Hudson Swafford picks last week. There were no Tyler McCumber picks last week. So Mackenzie Hughes, uh, his $276,000 for all intents and purposes won uh, on the Rick on the run good one and done last week because that was the most money that anybody got. And there were a lot of you. Uh, Aggie 1988, Burke better than most, call me Matt. I mean, I mean, there's literally, I think, 25 of you. Uh, Sofa Sunday. Tim A. T-Power 15, uh, you guys all got 
the $276,000. Uh, congratulations. Then there were actually a handful of Adam Longs, a pretty good bit of Adam Longs. Um, that got you 164,000. Will Zalatoris and any Luke List picks got you 117. Patrick Rogers, 93,000. So there were some decent picks. Unfortunately, it was a smaller field, a smaller purse event. Uh, the fact that 276,000 was the most anybody got. So uh, you certainly weren't out of it if you didn't, you know, you're not, you didn't fall, you didn't lose too much ground if you didn't have anybody who made the cut, for example, last week at Corrales. But we are on to this week at the Sanderson Farms. And um, here's the thing I, I think, you know, we've done the DFS video, we've done the. Uh, the sleepers we've done, you know, the first part of this betting preview, I think it's pretty clear where my allegiances lie, you know, Sam Burns, uh, Sebastian Munoz, um, Doc Redmond. So you're trying to figure out now we turn our attention to the one and done strategy of this, you know, is, is it a situation where we should be running out Scotty Scheffler, the shortest he's ever been. I could honestly, I could see that. So we we talk a lot about natural fits. Is there a natural fit for Scotty Scheffler? The answer is uh, no. And that's not a bad thing. It's actually a testament to his game. He's so good. Uh, the game kind of translates everywhere, right? So if the game translates everywhere, should we run him out in a situation where he is half the odds he's ever been? Um my 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 brain would indicate yes that's exactly what we should do we should just run out Scotty Scheffler right here try to get the I don't know one point what did Munoz win for this last year was it 1.1 he got let's see Sanderson Farms did I skip it here we go. Yeah. He got 1.1, 1.18. So if you told me, uh, you know, I've got a one in 12 crack at 1.1 million from Scotty Scheffler and he doesn't have any other natural fits. I get it. Right. I think that's, I think in a vacuum, that's the best strategy, but we don't live in a vacuum. You've got to take into account what has he been up to? He hasn't played in three and a half weeks. We haven't seen him. If you're not worried about that, if you don't care, if you think, ah, you know what? He probably started swinging two weeks ago. He's probably played, it's fine. I think you have to roll out Scotty Scheffler. I think that's the best one and done strategy, quite frankly. Um, Sung Jay is a little bit different. You know, he's he's not the odds on favorite here. I think that um, I'd prefer to see him in better form, right? Maybe when we get back to that Florida swing, maybe an API, maybe a Honda Classic. Um, I, I think so highly of him. I think you can roll him out everywhere. So I'd rather almost see him in better form before I roll him out. Will Zalatoris, you know, um, he, he kind of told us he was tired, right? He kind of told us he was tired at Corrales. He was able to backdoor his way into a top 10. Um, I'm not as excited to roll him out this week. Uh, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks, if he gets into a smaller field event and or a weaker field event and he's got on a sponsor's exemption and he's a bit more well-rested, um, he's no longer your betting favorite. But, but for me, again, Burns and Munoz, I think, make a lot of sense. I think Doc Redman make a lot of sense. Uh, Munoz is probably the most natural fit, right? He's playing well. He's playing better than he was last year when he won this event. He's won here. So, like, I think Munoz is actually the most natural fit. I think Burns is 
one of the best plays, but I think in strategy, Scotty Scheffler is probably the guy. So that's what I've been wrestling with um, over the last couple of days, trying to figure out if I actually do want to roll out Scotty Scheffler or not. Um, and I have, I have a bit more time to decide before, before the deadline. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. So, um, I will have to make that decision. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can help me out. Maybe you tweet me at Rick run good or leave a comment below and let me know what we're doing with Scotty Scheffler. He's kind of the linchpin here. Uh, if you decide not to use him or if you decide to use him, it's very simple. If you decide not to kind of makes our, our, our decision-making process a little bit different and we kind of go a couple different paths, but uh, let me know what you think. Tweet me or leave a comment below. This has been your Sanderson Farms betting in one and done preview. Best of luck this week and I'll talk to you guys soon.